Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hey, Jason, do you remember BPI? Oh, yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention, yoga, wine tastings, fun parties, as well as other interesting learning activities. Well, guess what they're up to now? Ooh, do tell. They are now having their own show on ACB Radio Mainstream. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? No worries. This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. And in the words of BPI's leadership, everyone is welcome. BPI is proud to offer an open space where you can be yourself. Mm, So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness topics to LGBT education, technology to advocacy, accessibility issues to everyday topics. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect, mingle, and learn while having fun. Pride Connection. Join the BPI party every Tuesday at 10 p.m. on on ACB ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. Heard every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Main or wherever you get your podcasts. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the inaugural podcast, BPI's Pride Connection. We will be here every two weeks for the foreseeable future, having a lot of fun, some advocacy, and getting to know each other. Tonight, we will have a roundtable panel discussion about parenting in both the LGBTQ and blind arenas as well as introducing ourselves and letting you know what BPI is up to and going to be up to. I'm your first co-host, Anthony Corona. I am the secretary of BPI, and I currently live in Miami from Staten Island, New York. Our two other co-hosts are Leah Gardner. Hi, Anthony. I'm vice president of Blind Pride International, and I'm very excited that we are about to participate in our brand new podcast on ACB Radio. And our third co-host, some of you know him, most of you love him, and all of you want to be around him. Our president, Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Thank you, Anthony. Um, Wow, that was a a big intro, but yes. Hi, everyone. Very, very happy. Um, as Anthony said, I'm Gabriel Lopez Cafari, president of Blind LGBT Pride International, and we're very excited to start 
this connection with each and every one of you. Anthony, um, for people that don't know much about Blind Pride International as an affiliate, we are about to celebrate our 20th anniversary. I actually can't believe it because I was, <laughs> I was present in Los Angeles um, in 1999 when the decision was made to apply for affiliate status with the American Council of the Blind. It was my first blindness convention. I was uh, 23 years old. I was overwhelmed by all the, uh, all the daunting amount of blind people and guide dogs in the hotel in Los Angeles. But um, I, got, uh, I met a really intriguing group of people that wanted to make Blind Pride um, a reality, a group that addressed the intersection between visual impairment and, and um, being GLBTQ. Although in 1999, we, we hadn't added the TQ aspect of it. That came later. But um, there was a group of us, Rob Hill, was the first president of our organization and he put a tremendous amount of time and effort into uh, the advocacy that, that surrounded uh, basically acquiring our status as an affiliate. Now, initially we were not called Blind Pride International. We were B -flag. called, that's right, B-Flag, Blind Friends of Lesbians and Gays. Uh, Blind Pride International came about 10 years later, and um, we changed the name of our organization, but we still have the same principles and the same mission. And Gabe, I'm wondering if you can talk a, a little bit about what BPI as a community and an affiliate, what we stand for. Absolutely, Leah. Thank you so much. Thanks for um, that um, recap. It's always very exciting to hear the origins of our beloved organization. Yes, um, nowadays, Blind LGBT Pride International, BPI, um, is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, ACB. And, uh, well, well, I could say so many things about BPI. We are just a fun, loving, open-minded, no judgments group. Everyone is welcome. Um, we like to think of each other as a family. We like to think of BPI as a home. And um, yeah, we just, we just offer a free space for everyone to uh, come as you are. Bring your everything and uh, share with us, uh, connect with us. Uh, we love connecting and uh, we love to have fun uh, while mingling and learning. We also like to provide a space for uh, healthy learning, lots of advocacy, and um, just encouraging people to be proud of who you are, of your accomplishments, of what you are wanting to do and where you're wanting to move forward and how you want to do things and just you know express 
your individuality with pride and and share it with us you know share your colors with the world with us and um and let us be a part of of your of your walk through this crazy 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 thing we call life so yeah that's vpi um open space lots of connections lots of sharing um and definitely definitely open space no judgments just pure love pure friendship lots of learning lots of advocacy and uh we are very proud lots. to be a part of acb lots of fun open space so gabe do you have to be blind do you have to be lgbtq rstuv to be part of the connection or the affiliate or any of our mm. wonderful events none at all we welcome everyone <clears throat> sorry we are a very welcoming organization a very welcoming group of people you do not have to be blind you do not have to be uh we you do not have to be anything you just have to have an open mind and an open heart to come into bpi as a matter of fact we love our ally members uh they're a huge part of bpi um within or without uh any disability uh whatever community you belong to bpi is a home for for you as long as you're willing to learn mingle have fun and the only thing that we don't want is judgment no judgment <laughs> very well said well we've gotten through who we are we've gotten through what we're about now this podcast is going to be available on acb radio live once every two weeks it will also be on all of our social media pages which we'll give you at the end of our broadcast but we want to talk for a couple of minutes about what bpi has been doing and will be doing throughout our 20th anniversary celebration year there's definitely going to be a huge presence at this year's convention and we're all knocking on wood that that will happen as scheduled with very little fanfare and or drama beforehand but that's not all we're about we are working on initiatives for the bard and nls system to add a lgbtq section so that finding relevant subject matter will be a lot easier because it will be one of the one of the menu listings we also have a fall social that we will be talking about at convention last year we went to denver it was amazing and throughout the year we do a bunch of shares recently we've had an audio description share that was very well attended and it was a lot of fun we talked Loads a lot fun, about yeah what we like what we don't like we had a guest expert come on and tell us some amazing stuff we do audio yeah, we had, we had Joel Schneider from the audio project oh, yeah. we were and very honored to have planned. Joel on board yeah he was planned but we also had a surprise unanticipated visit from Royal Samuelson yeah. who is a new member of BPI congratulations and also a uh, audio description narrator and that was that was quite a that was quite a treat because nobody yeah. expected that he'd be joining us. Yeah, so we definitely had during that audio share, audio description share, we had all um, all all stakeholders represented. We had Joel Snyder, we had uh, Roy, who's an 
like Leah said, a narrator. We had us, the users, and amongst us, the users, we shared what we like and what we don't like, like Anthony said, and we got into technicalities. It was awesome. So we do invite you to stay tuned, and we usually post it everywhere. So everyone who's listening here, uh, stay tuned because we will be having some more of those and other new ideas that we're uh, actually brewing as we speak. Leah, why don't you give them a little preview taste of what we are working on for convention? Well, we have quite, uh, boy, we, we have quite the plethora of events planned for this year. Um, First of all, we have three wine tastings planned. Anyone that's been to the ACB in the past 10 years or so is well aware of BPI's wine tastings. This year yes, is going to be a little, little bit different because all three of them have an educational twist to them. We're going to kind of change things up a little bit. One, about how to uh, make the perfect combination of wine and romance. One that's going to be an education about uh, in called wine wisdom and then we're going to have uh, basically a uh, wine session that includes how to hold the perfect dinner party and what kind of wines would complement any kind nice. of uh, dinner setting so please sign up for those I think those are going to be amazing we're also going to be showing um, a movie matinee on Sunday of Convention of Judy, um, which I saw in theaters with audio description. And I think it's a really phenomenal movie. Renee Zellweger won uh, the Best Actress Oscar this year for her role as Judy. And I think she was incredibly impressive. Uh, we are, as always, going to be having our Mind Body series. Uh, our own Anthony Corona is going to be doing a, a guided meditation uh, presentation. And I, uh, we're going to be revisiting aromatherapy that was very popular in St. Louis in 2018. And um, we're going to have one more session, which I don't believe has been confirmed yet, but hang tight. We'll have an update about that. Uh, we are, as always, going to be having our Dare to Share party, the uh, adult conversations after the Friends in Art Showcase Monday evening. And of course, of course, of course, we will be having a 20th anniversary bash to celebrate Sunday evening at 6. I know we've had our socials at different times the past few years, but it'll be from 6 to 10 this year and we have all kinds of uh all, all kinds of fun exciting plans for that and we're going to be doing something new this year that we haven't done before and i'm hoping it will become an annual uh, event we at bpi are going to host our first luncheon uh, on tuesday of convention week and we're really psyched about that we've got lots of um ideas that we'll announce soon in terms of entertainment for that luncheon. Uh, we're going to have- And what's that Tuesday called? Tuesday is going to be BPI Tuesday this year. Yay. Because we're kicking it off with the luncheon. Then we're going to have our annual business meeting in the afternoon. And after that, in the evening, we will have our uh, evening out with BPI 
members and the board, uh, we're going to be going to a uh, neighborhood near, uh, relatively close to uh, the hotel. And by the way, the, it, the event is going to be outside of Chicago this year in Schaumburg, Illinois. But we're going to go to a uh, GLBTQ friendly neighborhood called Andersonville. We'll have Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not real close, but it, I, I live just outside of Andersonville. I'm like five minutes from there. So we've just, just had a contribution from one of our roundtable guests named Pam who we'll be talking with shortly. I forgot Pam lived right outside of Chicago, actually. Um, I live in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. in Chicago. Okay. Yes. We, we, will, we will get to that in just, okay. just a minute. Right. So okay. I'm from the Bay, Bay Area, and I guess my interpretation of, of close is, is, is not what it would be for somebody that actually lives in the Got area. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. But we'll be going to Andersonville. And after dinner, if people want to visit some local neighborhood bars, uh, they can be uh, free to do that. Yeah. So that's a, a synopsis of, of what we'll be doing. And we'll probably have some more surprises and treats uh, included nice. in our package as time goes by. And I also want to announce, I know people have missed the BPI package that we used to have in the past. We brought that back this year. And you can attend all the events you want, uh, including one wine tasting for the price of $100 this year. So we're really uh, excited to bring that option back. Awesome. Well, it looks like a convention is going to be chocked full of fun, education, advocacy, and of course, family. And speaking of family, we are having our first roundtable on our first podcast, and it's about family. It's about parenting. You know, there's been a lot of talk recently on social media and in certain news programs about parenting in the uh, disability arena. Most um, we're focusing, obviously, on low vision or no vision. And we brought along some very special guests this evening who are doing just that. With us this evening, and as I introduce you, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are in the parenting world now, and where you're from. We're going to start with Jessica Kell, a longtime member of BPI. Hey, Jess. Hey, you guys. So I'm Jess. I am from Baltimore, and I'm new to this mama thing. Uh, I should say mommy. My wife is mama. Um, we have an almost eight-year-old. Or Oh, my God. Are you that excited to, are you that excited for her to just suddenly gain eight years of life? <laughs> Did you fast forward? Edit, edit, edit. Anyway. No. Uh, we have... <laughs> Soap opera. Have, she went into the bathroom. Yeah. She was eight months. She came out. She was eight years old and wisecracking. <laughs> that's a new. That's a new plot line. <laughs> she just stopped nursing and looked up at me like, "Why am I eight? Anyway, okay. Resume. Uh, we have an almost eight month old. She will be eight months on Wednesday. Her name is Amelie, and yeah. So I am fully blind. My wife is sighted. Go ahead. Introduce your wife, Jess, and then Leah, tell us about yourself. Uh, so, and my wife's name is Leah. 
and she can not California oh. Leah, another Leah. No, 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 no. Baltimore <laughs> I'm L, Leah. as we call her, as we call her yeah. in Baltimore the Pride, Pride WhatsApp group, which I highly recommend if you enjoy socializing and you join BPI, you can be on our WhatsApp group. Just saying. I I'm just wondering where the where the hot tub time machine is because, you know, I didn't know that my daughter's life just kind of flashed before my. You know, <laughs> I was going to say before my eyes, but that might not be a greatest commentary thereof. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Mama Leah or Leah, you know, Jessica's wife, Mama Amelie. And I'm an LPN. I am sighted. And, but I'm slightly disabled. I'm about ready to get back surgery. And, uh, but hopefully they'll get me back up and around so I can, you know, tackle the child at will and tickle her into uh, giggle fits. So when she really becomes eight years old, yeah, for once you, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and you, ladies, as well as Leah, know and brought to us the amazing Pam. Pam, can you tell us a little about yourself and where uh, you are in the parenting world right now? Okay, so my name is Pam Berman, and I live in Chicago, uh, born and raised on the north side of Chicago in the city. Um, I live with my life partner. We are not married, um, but we've been together a few years in like 31, uh, years and God bless. And we have two toddlers. One is 20 years and one is 24. And I swear there is not any difference except for maybe the diapering between a 20 month old and 24 month old my my kids are like little toddlers i i i feel the bonus to being blind is i could still see them like i saw them when they were little i have rp so my vision has uh, slowly deteriorated um i i was uh uh, partial when I had them and that's how I can still see them as little toddlers and but they're toddlers how, with driver's licenses now and and uh they are and beards <laughs> and beards and beards, be yes. and beards but I I swear <laughs> I mean get them going and it's like you're talking to a toddler they are so much fun <laughs> well this is Chris Snyder I finally got my damn audio unmuted sorry about that folks uh, <laughs> welcome, 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 Chris. Um, like they said, I'm a, a board member and uh, I have a, I'm totally blind, have been since I was born. I have an 18-year-old, my God, a 17-year-old who just had a birthday yesterday and a 14-year-old is about to be 15 in April. Wow. So, and I am I am gay, and the story of how they came to be is is long and complicated. I'll spare you, but that's uh, <laughs> I am unpartnered. Um, their co-parent uh, is disabled and sighted, and involved with their lives, uh, but uh, but it's a it's 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 what we call a modern family. <laughs> and teens, fun, fun, fun stage. Yeah. So those of you with those of you with little little children, I can tell you, whatever problems you are having, they will pass. <laughs> and then there'll be new new problems. That, oh yes. <laughs> that, that oh, yes. Then they'll get worse. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I want to start the discussion out with what has been the most interesting, challenging, frustrating thing as you navigate the world as parents that you've gotten from the sighted community. Chris, you want to start? I'll say, I'll say that there's been several odd situations over the years, but um, the most recent and interesting one is that they decide that my son must be my brother. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I, I just have to say, I have no kids, but I would be flattered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so I had him, we had him, I had him when I was 23. So there's not a huge age difference, I suppose, but it's, it's, there's a, there's enough of one. It ought to be pretty obvious. I guess I, I guess I've held up well over the years. Um, that, yeah, you and then, and then of course there's the always present, you know, when you, when you, when they were very small, um, the sighted folks would come up to them and say things like, now take good care of your daddy. Make sure he doesn't oh, run yeah. into anything. It's like, I have a guide dog standing right next to me. What do you think he's here for? <laughs> Ornament? How about you, Pam? You know, when I think of the most interesting, challenging thing I've ever dealt with with my kids, it had nothing to do with being blind. Um, it was um, because I've always... Um, parented matter of fact I mean it's uh I mean my my kids have two moms that's matter of fact it was never up for negotiation um the 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 most frustrating uh upsetting experience I ever had had to do with leaving my child unattended at a preschool at a Montessori preschool um yeah, that was really upsetting. And uh, the school threatening to uh, report me to DCFS and instead me reporting it to DCFS because I don't, I, you know, I really feel that maybe because I'm a woman, maybe because I'm blind, um, maybe because I'm a minority, you may think that you can scare me. But, um, when it comes to parenting, my number one is always my children. And um, there's, there's no, no fear for me when it comes to my children, because I will, I will do anything for my kids. But that was the most upsetting thing I ever had to experience, because, I mean, you put that kind of stuff in a baby book. That, that was, yeah. I mean, but but uh, was it Chris that said, you know, take good care of your your daddy? Yeah, I mean, I've had that too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I I don't know. I mean, God, I'd like to expand on your your comments there, actually, uh, Pam, because the now that you've brought it up. Um, I think one of the biggest fears for blind parents in general, because we've all, if you've, if you've ever been in on the email lists or on the, on the, the circuit of message boards or whatever, you, you know, that, that um, we're always being threatened or, or at least it's hanging over our heads that some sighted uh -huh. person will get it into their head that 
that, oh my God, you can't let a blind person parent a child. We have to call DCFS for the child's safety. Um, regardless of whether or not, you know, anything is happening, they just look at a blind person holding a child and go, ah, DCFS must be called. You know, it's this very, um, and, and I've, I've seen it happen and I, I had it happen to me once and all because some nosy sighted person decided that they were going to, that they knew better and they knew blind people shouldn't be raising children. And, and, uh, you know, it's scary. And I always had to tell scary. my children, you know, I, I always had to tell my children, you know, they, they talk about um, the talk that people of color have to have with their children regarding police. And I, I had to have the talk with my children. When you're out in public, you need to be on your best behavior. You cannot, mm. um, cannot act like other children when you are out in public and I'm your only and there's no sighted parent with you. Because if you do, some sighted person yeah. can get it into their head that they can call the authorities and have you taken from me because I'm not, res because I'm uh, quote unquote being not responsible, not able to take care of you. It's, it's, and, and, and in my state in California, you can literally have the authorities called on you for any reason at all, even if it's, and, and they'll, you know, they may dismiss it, which they will, of course, if it's, you know, but they, it, it's a nightmare. It's no, a nightmare. No cost stress. That's a oh, lot of pressure very. for you and for the, and for the children. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, this, and is, it's, this is, this is such an amazing discussion because Chris, I had never thought of it in that way. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a parent, but it's basically the same situation that we experienced at our workplaces where we are held to a different standard. So we have to perform 10, if not yes. 20 times better than our non-disabled co-workers because we are held at a, uh, we're measured by a different standard. It's true. It's very true. And then, Absolutely. and then a little bit down the road, you get that amazing conversation where the person wants to come up to you and tell you exactly how amazing and inspirational and wonderful you oh, are Lord. because you're doing exactly what you should be doing in a world where you're viewed as being less than or not quite capable because you have something, a, a, a challenge that they don't understand or have to deal with. I was just going to ask a, a, a different slant on this question for you, Jess, and, and for Leah, because um, Leah's cited. And so mm -hmm. I'm curious if you can touch on, you know, or augment anything that Pam or Chris said. But in addition, do you find that people in public, when the three of you are together, defer to Leah in terms of asking any kind of questions about Amelie. So I think our saving grace is that she isn't as mobile right now and she isn't strong enough to hold her because of her pain. So by default, because I am handling her more, at least people do talk to me and interact and they can tell that I'm physically involved um, and, and visibly involved. But I mean, I have heard, oh, I, I'm sure she'll help you. She'll help you so much. What, what do you mean? Um, <laughs> I also think it's really interesting in, in terms of talking about having the talk and telling your kids, you know, they have to be different. I have a friend who recently had a child who was out doing an event and the parent was not there. Child has two blind parents and said to the mom who was in charge of the event, 
oh, my feet hurt because I had to do chores all day. Child sat and watched TV all day. And had she said that to the wrong person, that could have gone really badly, mm. really badly mm. for the family. And I live in perpetual fear of something happening, of somebody just scrutinizing the tiniest thing and deciding to send CPS after us. And I'm a social worker. But so I know how we as a professional community can be. And there is not the level of awareness that there should be among us. There's not the level of cultural competence among us that there should be. And, you know, I saw someone post up last night in light of the virus and said, you know, I'm starting to panic. And she's, uh, in the legal world. And she said, what happens if I get sick and my child can't be with me? What happens if I have to get hospitalized? Do I get deemed to be incompetent because I am a blind parent? Um, But yeah, I had a lot of fear in terms of blind and gay. I thought, well, my God, if people are going to pee their pants enough about the blind thing and we don't have a right to parent law in Maryland, then does the gay thing on top just become the frosting on the cake if somebody wants to judge us? And it's been interesting, even being in a relationship with Leah, who doesn't have these same levels of fear and doesn't understand necessarily where my panic comes from. So it's nice to hear from you guys that these are normal fears and that things, it's horrible to hear, but it's also refreshing to hear that, yeah, this is, this is real and this is something to be always vigilant about i want to shift the conversation just slightly to in public settings when you guys are out there with your families do you feel the the level of awareness i mean i know as a guide dog user um i feel a certain level of everybody is watching to see what's happening you know, the minute my guide dog does something that they don't expect, I can hear the whispers or the ones that are bold enough to walk right up to me and tell me, oh, should he be blank, blank, blank? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, you know, all of you guys, how much does that impact your day-to-day, you know, routines and what you have to do for your life and, and with your children? I, this is Pam. I, I had my, my kids before I had my dog. And I feel like uh, I was talking to Jess about this earlier. One thing I always did when I was out with my kids from an early age was check in. I would call them and then they would have to respond. If they did not respond, then we were leaving. That, that was the rule. You have to respond. And I mean, all through grammar school years, I mean, even in, to high school, whatever, just checking in. They'll do it back to me, just say, checking in. And I did explain to my kids as best that they could understand that people tend to, when they don't understand something, no matter what it is, if you don't understand, lots of times you jump to thinking it's wrong, you know? I mean, it could be the simplest thing, you know? I like chocolate ice cream. No, chocolate ice cream's dumb. I don't like it, you know? Same thing, you know? My, you have, I had, a, oh my God, my son was in, I think, fifth or sixth grade, and his, one of the kids said to him, your mom's blind. Then he came home from school, and he was so upset. Abbasi said, you're blind. 
honey, I am blind. Yeah, but mommy, you don't, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear how he said it. I said, it doesn't matter how he said it. It's true. He's just trying to be, you know, a little jerky because that's what kids do. They tease, they make fun. And then the next day he came home and, and said, you have two moms. You have two moms. Honey, you, you do have two moms. So it's, it's kind of like how we interact. And, and then it did get to the point. I mean, I had a nice rapport with the mom and I did call. I did call the mom just, you know, not to be nasty, just to let her know. I, I felt so bad. She put her kid on the phone with me and I had to do her job and parent him and, and try to uh. and, and be as nice as possible. I don't want anybody yelling at my children, so I'm not going to yell at anyone else's child, but you know, I, I think it's how you speak to people is how they're going to react. I mean, something as simple as, I don't know, bedtime, you know, it's time to go to bed. You better go to bed right now versus it's bedtime. Aren't we lucky? It's bedtime, you know? So I just try to make everything fun and easy and happy and, and hope that, you know, my kids see it the same way. And usually I think they listen to their parents and they want to, they want to be like, you know, their parents, you know, my, my, my mom said it's fun. It must be fun. It must be good. In terms of uh, the kids in school, having been bullied quite a bit when I was in school for being blind um, in elementary school, I, uh, I wanted to try to head anything weird like that off at the past for my own children and, and try to do better for the next generation. So um, for each of my kids, when they went into school, uh, when they went into, I think I chose third grade, um, second or third grade, I can't remember. Um, I said to the, I I talked to the teachers and I said, I would like to come in and I would like to just open the door and answer questions and and first talk a little bit about being blind and being a, dad and, and all that and then open the floor for for questions and I said to the kids in the class everything is on the table I said I don't care any question your parents didn't want you to ask when you saw a blind person walking down the street you get to ask me ask it I don't care what it is and I've gotten some weird ones but I'll tell you it really made a difference for my kids none of them got thankfully um none of them got teased about it and and uh you know it I think it helped a lot Two questions for you, Chris. I, I have to ask. You, you know, you know my. You know, everyone who knows me knows how curious I am. <laughs> uh, not, 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 not curious. Sexual orientation. I'm, I'm, I'm gay and proud. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, um, regard. I think that that was an awesome approach. Um, but I have two questions. A. Did you have a guide dog? at that point and b do you remember any other weird comments or questions from the kids <laughs> oh sure yeah i did have a guide dog at that time i've had a guide dog since i was 18 um oh awesome so that was that was that was a i'm sure that was a great um yes it, it really did <laughs> help smooth the way let me tell you they yeah, all loved, yeah 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 they yeah. loved you know uh, at that point i think it was cougar they loved cougar oh, nice um thing. and uh they um 
yeah, and I passed around. I actually had a, some some um, Starbucks had come out uh, that year with uh, Braille uh, gift cards, and I had a few of them, and I just passed them around to kids to look at to see what Braille was like. And <clears throat> excuse me, that helped a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, some of the weirdest questions. Um, you know, how do you how do you go to the bathroom? Was one of them like you know. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> um, and 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 how do you know where your kids are? You know, and I explained uh, I had a similar system as Pam checking in, and and occasionally when they were t- well, and I would occasionally when they were um, toddlers, I used to put a little um, a bell on the shoe so I would hear it. You know, but that was. Um, mostly they were they were pretty polite about it they were they were um and i answered i'll tell you i answered the bathroom questions frankly um because because hey you know they're just as legitimate a question as anything else and maybe when those kids grow up and they have a blind person coming in to interview for a job or something like that maybe they won't think oh he can't do it or she's not qualified um right off the bat they'll remember the nice guy who visited their classroom with the guide dog hopefully and yeah, and be yeah. much more open. I, I just wanted to bring Jess into the conversation because I think she had some comments earlier. But and I know Jess, you haven't gotten to that place with Amelie yet, where she's going to school. But I'm wondering if you have any thoughts or ideas in mind of how to maybe break the ice with her <laughs> classmates when that happens. Yeah, I mean, so I I did want to hop back to the question that you guys asked about, do we feel extra visible and extra judged? And there is that fear. Oh, my God, is everybody watching me? Am I doing it right? If she starts fussing, how quickly can I calm her down? It's already and we have not hit the I'm going to run away from you or lie in the middle of the store screaming and kicking my feet game yet. We haven't gotten there. I know we're gonna. (laughs) So then it's even worse. But um yeah, so in terms of the school thing, I definitely want to kind of do, like Chris said, I'm hoping I can just be a visible, uh, I'm just going to pick her up, a visible presence. And I, as a, as a child, was invited in to the third grade classroom every year when, when the teacher taught, did the unit on Helen Keller. And so then I got to be the spokesperson of all blind people and so you know and so I, I will do something like that um and make sure that she's cool with it first that Amelie's good with it and I I worry about that I worry about the bullying because this child has the gay moms the blind mom and she's got the white moms and she's Chinese American because she's a donor embryo so I'm like oh my god she's got so many marginalized groups to um you know, fit in with or kind of come, come to some harmony with. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping kids are pretty cool these days. The gay thing seems to be fairly common, at least. We live in an area where there is a blind school down the street. So everybody actually assumes that I went there, um, which I didn't. But I'm hoping that by just being present, I, I hear a lot of talk from people that they volunteer and they even get pigeonholed into not being allowed to do anything of significance when they're volunteering in the classroom so it's going to be a lot of fighting to you know 
to get to be visible and treated normally myself so that it will help her. I, I have a question that's occurred to me through the conversation about keeping track of children, maybe for any prospective blind parents out there. One of my best friends has a four-year-old that I see quite often and all the time. And um, I went with them and some other blind folks with their, their blind children to a discovery museum in late November. And I felt like the most the stress causing aspect of going to that mu museum was trying to keep tabs on all those children. They were from four to the oldest was 13. And the um, four-year-old Athena was very excited about everything and just trying to keep track of where she was, what she was doing, because it, it was right around Thanksgiving time. It was a really crowded museum. There were lots of children there. And as, as someone who's not a parent, just, <laughs> just trying to make sure that we constantly had, um, you know, had, had a sense of where she was in, in that it's kind terrifying. of really packed environment. I mean, I don't yeah. get the experience of feeling that all the time, but even when we, when we go out to restaurants and stuff, she's at a point now where she's walking with us, obviously, and she's mobile, and it's always a matter of, does Athena have somebody's hand? Athena, whose hand are you, are you holding? And it's, I would think that that maybe for some prospective parents would be really, um, like makes your heart beat faster. Cause even when I'm responsible for holding Athena's hand, if she's pulling and yanking, I'm always fearful I'm, I'm gonna lose her. Yeah. With, with a tether, I used like a fanny pack with a tether mm -hmm. to it. Um, so my son was wearing like a fanny pack and it had like a tether, like a leash uh, mm -hmm. uh, attached to it. And I was very, very nervous to use it at the beginning, I was scared as to what people would say to me. Mm. And I was uh, really uncomfortable by that. And I had so many people come up to me and tell me, oh my God, I remember my mom using that on me. People who were sighted, I'd be like, I mean, people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and, and tell me that they remember it. And, and have fond memories of it. Not one person ever said anything mm. negative about it. And it, so much so that I finally got to the point, if anybody ever did say anything negative, I would just say, I'm the mom who loves my kid enough to hold on to him. Yeah, sorry yeah. I'm not but, interested in losing my kid in a crowd. And you would judge <laughs> me more if I lost them. So yeah. what do you want and, to talk about? And, and, and that, that concept, that whole thing <clears> uh, the tether sounds to me like, like just so much stress being relieved, so much stress yes. taking off. Chris? You know, Absolutely. I, I, um, I did two things. One thing was when we were walking in a crowd, um, it, it well, okay. So I, <laughs> two of my kids are, are thir 13 months apart. And, and then the other one is, uh, two years later. Um, and it was, uh, sometimes difficult with the th with the thirteen months apart pair, um, but they always so I would make a game of it as we went through a crowd. I would I would say um, you know I'll lift you up. You want you guys want to jump walk and jump and we'll do one two three jump and they each held a hand, 
Um, <laughs> And sometimes I would, if I had one child, then I would, I would uh, say, you want to, you want a shoulder ride? And they could ride on my shoulders and, and Cougar would walk us both. And, um, uh, and then in the other, when it came to like things like the science museum, because we had, we had a, we have a big science museum. We used to live in Phoenix and there, there's a huge one over there. And um, I would say, okay, so I want you you have to show. You have to stay with me, so you, so I don't miss out on anything. I want you to show me, you know, mm. what do you, what's the <laughs> what's the most interesting. You have to show me everything that you think is the most interesting. I don't care about anything else. But you just have to tell me what you like and and take me. You know, so I made it. I kind of put a little bit of the the illusion of control in in on them mm -hmm. so that they would. Um, they would you know want to want to be the one to show. Oh oh, you come over here. Look at this. Come here. Come here. You know. And it worked, you know, for, for what it was, it worked. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, those are, I mean, anyone listening who's, who's a parent or uh, like we said earlier, prospective parent, this, this, is, this is fun and this is good stuff, everything you're sharing. I have a question for, for Leah. Leah Baltimore has been kind of quiet. Are, are, are you still with us, Leah? I am. I'm just listening oh, okay. to everybody out, like talking to everybody. <laughs> so I thought I'd just okay. Sorry to put you on the spot, but um, but I, I I'm just wondering, you being the cited um uh, a part of Mama. her relationship, or yeah, mom. Um, have you had any comments from anyone like, like uh, yes. when when Jess is not around, like saying, for example, like, oh my God. Oh, it, it, it's so good that at least one yes. of you can see or that you yes. must be responsible for so many it things irritates the living crap out of me because like when I'm at work and I talk about my family and they're like oh well, why don't you get your wife to I'm like well my wife you know she's blind and they're like oh, how do you do it do you take care of her at home and the baby and I'm like no I said that woman's <laughs> smarter than me and she can get around like anything <laughs> You know, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh. And then they like kind of like step back. Like, you know, I said, my, my wife has a master's degree in social work. She is like clinical social work and she is like the most amazing human. And she takes care of our baby like you would not believe. And I just, I just said, I'm straight. I'm just blunt about it. I'm like, you know, there's no need to be sorry for anything. You know, we do pretty good together. And it does sometimes like when we're out, people will watch us walking around and they won't say too much, but I do catch the eyes on us a little bit. And, you know, but I think for the most part with Amelie, people see me, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but it, it, it can be irritating. But I also know that, you know, like some of the anxiety that Jess has, and I know many blind parents do have from things that she's told me, I don't see it just because, you know, I've never been in your shoes, so I don't know. I do know what it's like to be bullied when I'm a kid. As far as I was, you know, the little chunko kid who was an only child and was more sensitive. So, you know, and I was outwardly gay since the time I was probably about 12. So back in that day, I used to get picked on a lot. But I don't see that as being as much of an issue. And I guess because... I've been brave enough to push past a lot of things. I don't, and because I'm a nurse and I see things from the other side, 
I don't see those things as like they're a non-issue for most people. But then I hear all these stories where they are issues and I'm just like, I just don't get it. I mean, if you're being a good parent, you know, I don't see there being an issue. I mean, we all have things like Leah talking about the museum. I mean, how if you think it's nerve wracking for somebody who's visually impaired trying to make sure where people are at, try being sighted and seeing that the kids are being taken care of, but might be like two feet away about ready to knock over a Ming vase. You know what I mean? You know, so you're trying to run in like 10 different directions, trying to keep people from knocking stuff over. It's just like, Oh, you know, but I think the whole parenting thing, it's neat to hear some of the different perspectives Perspectives. today as well. Yeah. I was on the bus with a pair of blind parents uh, who were, who were, who were both blind and had, uh, had kids and they had a double stroller uh, because the kids were fairly close together. And, they got on the bus. Look forward to having one lady, of those. Some lady on the bus. I was with them, and she and I heard her go. Some people just shouldn't be parents. Oh, I, said, mm-hmm. I, almost oh. Said, I almost said, "Yeah, honey, you especially." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, let me just say, is- baby wearing, baby wearing for the yes. win. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, guys, this has been an amazing conversation, and I can't believe that almost an hour has flown by. I'm wondering if you guys would all be willing to come back in a future podcast, because I'm sure we're going to get some comments and most definitely some questions after this airs. I'm wondering if you guys would be willing to come back and answer some of those questions and continue the conversation along the way. Yep, because the time went too fast. Way too fast. I'm amazed that an hour went by like this, and I hope listeners, I hope you feel that way too. And you'll join us again for future episodes. And this is what we were talking about. BPI equals fun. Well, you can find us at Blind LGBTQ Pride International on Facebook. We have our own webpage. You're going to hear us or you are hearing us on ACB radio or a transmitted replay of this. It'll be available on mainstream on both sides of the country. You will also be able to find us upcoming shares, more book shares, more audio shares. And you can find us if you join at the $15 membership level. You can find us on WhatsApp. And every day we are having some amazing conversations just like this. We hope and you enjoyed. Anthony, may I mention our website where people can find us very yes. easily, blindlgbtpride.org. There's information about joining our affiliate uh, on that page. And I hope that we'll be able to uh, put up some streams of our uh, podcasts. And if you join, you'll get an invitation to our discussion list as well as our WhatsApp group. I would like to thank... Chris Snyder, Jess Kell, Lee Gazena, Pam Berman. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Like I said, a couple of times during this transmission, we will be here every two weeks. Come back in two weeks and see what we have in store for you then. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm Anthony Corona with Leah Gardner and Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Keep, stay connected. Stay connected. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. This was Pride Connection.
Adios. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. Someday we'll find